164 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom as always, my pal DeQuincy. Mm. Sorry, man. <laughs> you do your intro and I felt that yawn coming in. I couldn't stop it. Uh, is, it that, is it that bad? <laughs> uh, not you. Just uh, I'm a little sleepy. That's all. I woke up. Oh, story time. So I woke, I woke up this morning at four in the morning, Ooh. shivering cold because my blanket was gone and i was like where the hell did my blanket go i looked down it's not i didn't fall on the floor i didn't kick it off the bed i look over my girlfriend has the damn my blanket wrapped around her feet she has her own blanket and then stole my blanket i was like ain't this a jip just stole my blanket this morning put a car alarm on it yeah I get a low jack and everything. So I had to wrestle my blanket because she had it around her legs. <laughs> she, she she was like wrapped up with a burrito in her blanket, but it only went down to like her waist. And then she had my blanket around her legs. So I had to unwrap her I was, without waking her up. And of course, I woke <laughs> her up. <laughs> so, uh, and then she's like, did I still this morning? She's like, did I take your blanket? Like, yes, you took it. You just <laughs> Beauregard it like I didn't need it. I woke up shivering. Well, I got to say she's better at it than you are because mm. you didn't even notice that she took it. <laughs> when you try to take it back, she wakes up. and Yeah, I'm like, oh, damn, can't have nothing. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> business. Uh, you can catch us a podcast on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else that podcasts given away for exactly free 99. If you enjoyed my story about my blanket being stolen, uh, give us five stars. We only want five stars. Four stars who think you're a hater. Yeah. <sighs> Ooh, sorry, I'm still tired and a little mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's uh let's talk discuss what we came to talk about. Wrestling. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked about wrestling. It's been geez, like what 10, 15 episodes? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, we've been doing uh huh? Enjoy your future. No, we did one 156. So, yeah. Almost 10. Yeah, almost 10. Anyway, so originally when we planned out this podcast, the biggest news was the rumors that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were signing to AEW. And we were all ready to lead off with that. And that was going to be, you know, a nice 30-minute conversation. However, the WWE, not to be undone, dropped a bombshell on Friday with the news of the release of one way uh, of um they already did that yeah yeah sorry Ray Wyatt man just when just when you think uh they have no more surprises left they they get you one more time and uh, man 
I guess it's a good thing that I'm still shocked when someone gets released because you never think, because you like to think that ever that nobody is uh, replaceable. But man, this one was a true shock, man. I would say, I mean, for me, a bigger shock than, than Braun Strowman getting released. Yeah, because it, I know I just saw like a couple of pictures of him a while ago where he was like getting in shape, looked like he was about to have a comeback. And, you know, on Friday, you, you see the Future Endeavors tweet from the WWE account. And it's just like, what? Why? I mean, I was. I know I was confused and you were, too, and many other WWE fans were. It just didn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand. Like. It's weird where the WWE, like, they don't use all their superstars, but they continually cut the good ones. Mm-hmm. You would think, like, oh, you're getting rid of Bray Wyatt. Maybe you're going to use someone else. Nope. I'm still going to see the same big names like Alexa Bliss or uh, Roman Reigns in two or three segments. And it's like, if you're going to cut these guys, could you at least give the guys that are back there in catering, doing nothing, uh, a little more run? Something to do, yeah. Yeah. But and it and it doesn't make sense. But at the end of the day, it's all about dollars and cents. This is this is becoming the. Tr- I mean, this is the the new normal, I guess, for this company. Bray Wyatt was making too much money, and they weren't using him at this moment, and they decided to to let him go. And this whole new business side of the uh, the business side of of the company. Um, they are it's all new because they cleaned house over last year with the yeah. old uh, who was in charge? Nick Khan? Nick Khan yeah okay and apparently he's an entertainment guy like he came from entertainment not from just like you know some regular square business like yeah, with he, all these cuts he's making, it feel like he's came from a hedge fund or something. Like yeah. they're putting profits over everything. And I want to go back Every, to to what you said about uh, Ray Bright um, about Wyatt making too much money. Is that really his fault? You go back and look not. at the the booking. His entire career or WWE career rather, it consists of of stop and go booking. And like he would get hot. At one time, then they would feed him to John Cena at WrestleMania. Then he finally wins the title. Then they feed him to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Um, the Fiend character, they finally start building on that. And then, you know, he has this just dominant stretch. And then he loses that stupid Hell, Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins, where, again, the ref stopped a Hell in a Cell match, which is the dumbest thing in the world considering all the things that we've seen happen in a Hell in a Cell match in the history of WWE. And then they have, he goes to, he finally wins the title in Saudi Arabia, one of those, I think it was Crown Jewel. And then like a year later, he loses the title to Goldberg. Mm -hmm. It's like his entire career, no matter if he was Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, whatever, it's just a bunch of, it, it stopped momentum. Yeah. Which maybe like they really we say this about WWE all the time. There is no long-term planning. And someone put it best that I was reading just mm-hmm. yesterday. I mean, it, it is 
there's no long-term planning. It is literally at this point, it is about, they go quarter to quarter. And that's, that's a, that's for business. That's not for the creative side. We're talking dollars and cents. The, the earnings reports every quarter have to beat last quarter and, and fourth quarter of 2020, you know, fourth quarter 2021 has to be better than fourth quarter 2020 or fourth quarter 2020. Mm-hmm. So we are talking incredibly short-sighted. We're talking three months at a time. Yes. And that's how you get stupid things. Like you start a program between Alistair Black and Big E and then a week later, Alistair Black is no longer with the company. Mm-hmm. And then you have Big E just, just, floating around in space, going back to fight um, Apollo Crews for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and going back to, to your point that you made, how is this Bray Wyatt's fault? It's not his fault. It wasn't Braun Strowman's fault. It wasn't Alistair Black's fault. It wasn't Mickey James's fault. These weren't people that, you know, were, you know, in trouble or, you know, bad people that were within the company that were causing problems, you know, in the locker room and things like that. People that, they, you know, that, that people that didn't get along with, with the locker room, these are, it is, it's all about the money. And, and if you have a lawyer or an agent or whatever, that is damn good at negotiating and getting every dollar that you're worth, that's not your fault that you can't be blamed for having, you know, good business sense for yourself. Because at the end of the day, you have to look out for yourself. You have to, you have to try. If you want to work there or anywhere, you have to try and, and negotiate to make the most amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them at all for. I don't blame as as like like with Braun Strowman. There was a rumor that he was making over a million dollars a year for his his contract. I mean, that's John Cena money. That's Randy Orton money, and. He's not John Cena. He's not Randy Orton. He's he's not those those kinds of guys. And he got that kind of contract in a short amount of time. Whether whether his character, uh, whether we think his character deserves it or not, good on him. If he can get that kind of money, you have to do it. And you know what? When I think of Braun Strowman, you're right. I don't think about him like a John Cena or a Hulk Hogan or a Ran- or a Roman Reigns. I think of him more as um, Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. Like he's a special attraction. So to me, it's like if you're the special attraction, you're the freak, you're throwing freaking ambulances and you're pulling 18 wheelers, you should get that big contract because you're a special attraction, even if you're never champion. But I'm just, go on. Yeah, I mean, it's not his fault that they they agreed to all that kind of money. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but nonetheless, it is still shocking when these guys, these now. Like I said, it's not the guys in catering. They're getting cut anymore. It's the top dollar guys. And it is shocking to see that happen at this point. To see Braun Strowman, to see Bray Wyatt, Aleister Black, guys like that. Uh, Andrade. Guys and guys that are marketable. Mm-hmm. Andrade. You can market him. He, he could be the next Mexican, you know, Hispanic wrestling star. Alistair Black has this cool, you know, dark gimmick that you could work with. 
uh, or, you know, kind of brooding emo-ish kind of thing. Braun Strowman, like you said, freak of nature, does these incredible feats of strength. And Bray Wyatt. Just the psychology going into his character. The best psychology in the business, probably. Mm -hmm. But what you said earlier is is 100% correct. The WWE cares about profits is about making this year profits bigger than last year because you like you said bray uh not bray but um strowman's contract being a million dollars the wwe is a multi-billion dollar corporation mm-hmm. they just got a billion dollars from peacock and um fox if they wanted to afford the money they could it's just right. they're putting profits over their wrestlers and they're also putting it over like their consumer base I mean, think about it. if you're if you're a writer, like how the hell can you write a storyline for someone if you don't know they're going to be here three months down the road? That's a good point, too. That's a great point. You know, it is the, the, the days of long term booking. I mean, they've been over. Yeah, but it's getting worse and worse because I was one of those guys. I never thought Strowman would get released because he just had he he had the look and the build of a guy that vincent like he's like vincent man's wet dream i never expected anyone like that to get released from wwe and when that happens like oh well this could happen to anybody mm-hmm. and and even though it's still a surprise that bray wyatt got released and uh, but but again it goes to show how much of the business side has really taken over this company Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't think uh, was I think his name was George Barrios. He was the former CFO. I don't think he could tell you anything about the performers or you know how it might affect what's going on currently on television. But this guy Nick Khan apparently knows. I mean, he he has to. It seems like he knows every in and out, every person up and down that roster. And doesn't he, care that he, it, that it might interfere with something that is currently going on television. You know, example, Alistair Black, you know. You know what he knows? He knows what they look like and how much money they make per year. Yeah. That's and, what he knows. And clearly has the ear of, of Vince McMahon. I mean, mm-hmm. for – because it's the, like, like everything – everything stops and stops with Vince McMahon. Like he ultimately has final say. And the fact that he's letting, he's allowing for these high level performers go, like that's, that's a powerful influence that this Nick Khan has over, over the company. Yeah, I agree. It used to, everybody used to talk about Kevin Dunn on the creative side. Like he was the guy that had Vince's ear. He's the right hand man. But this new guy, he's man, the guy he giving is... me nausea every every Monday. Yeah. Those goddamn camera cuts or, or zooms, <laughs> right. everything. Yep. But this new Nick Khan guy is some sort of wizard. Oh uh, yeah. <sighs> so like all, like all. Uh, like always, when we di- when we discuss these releases, releases, <laughs> I know where you're going. Where do you see? What do you see? The uh, Bray Wyatt doing next? 
first off, I hope that he's in a space mentally where he can go right. do what he needs to do. Because I remember um, after WrestleMania, the rumors were he was taking time off so he could cope with Brody Lee's death. Mm-hmm. So I hope first and foremost, you know, he's taking the time to grieve properly and, you know, start the healing process. Uh, as a, I don't know. Like I, the the cool thing to say, uh, just like with all these releases is, oh, he's going to AEW and he's going to be, you know, somewhere in one of their 50 factions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> but, I know I know that bugs you. <laughs> yeah, to no degree. But yeah, but he could he's one of the guys that go anywhere. I mean, we talked online about this. You made a point, like if his family will allow it, he can go over to new Japan and he would be a hit over there. I, I really believe that. I think he'd be a massive star, mm-hmm. a massive attraction. I think he, I think he has that star power no matter where he goes, honestly, like if ring of honor, AEW, wherever he goes, if he has full control, he will be a superstar no matter where he goes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, he's, he's got the creative mind mm-hmm. to make anything that he, you know, that he wants to go with. I think he, he can make it work. Yeah. 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 I think the only person that comes close to him for me is Andrade. Cause mm-hmm. I like Alistair Black or Malachi Black, but to me, Andrade before the Wyatt release. Andrade was that number one. He just oozes like charisma, sex appeal, and his in-ring ability is amazing. He's got the look. He's got the the talent. Um, Yeah, and there's not much more you can ask for. Uh, not, to go all, not to go all Stephen A. Smith, but, you know, he's, <laughs> he's learning English. He's getting better at English, so he doesn't necessarily need a manager, but at, at this point, he kind of does need a manager, but that's okay. I mean, that's part of wrestling. Like, you know, if you're not, if you're just not strong on the microphone, whether it's a language issue or whatever mm-hmm. it is, if you're not strong on the mic, then having a manager is good for you. It's, it, 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 um, it makes your character stronger in a way. Yeah. And you can always use that as a heel move being like, your language is so terrible. I don't even want to speak it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, He's uh, Andrade. He's number two right now. The way right way, well, wherever he goes, he's gonna be a star. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel about it. Also, real quick, uh, mm-hmm. you you know, um, did you hear the story about Malachi Black? Which story? How uh, he wound up on AEW so quickly. Oh, because they fucked up his uh, exit contract. Like, it was supposed to be, if I remember correctly, like, the standard uh, NXT contract, it has the 30-day, um, mm-hmm. what's it called? No compete. Yeah, no compete. But when you're on the main roster, it's supposed to be 90 days, and no one upgraded his contract when he came up. That is crazy. That is a great story, too. <laughs> Just simple oversight. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But don't you like your billion dollar contract? Don't you have these guys look like it should have <laughs> like th- it shouldn't even be like an option. It should be like once you make it to the main ro- roster, your contract automatically clicks over. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why that's even, like someone has to go in there and what get you to sign off on it or re 
rewrite re- it. I don't manually like yeah. edit the contract or whatever. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like... <sighs> oh well, maybe I shouldn't be complaining. That gave an advantage to the little guy, so shouldn't yeah, always yeah. be in the pocket for a billion dollar industries. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But and I think with Bray Wyatt, I think. Ultimately, I think he does wind up in AEW mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, it seems like they've been signing a lot of those releases. Yeah. But this is one you – and some of them, like, um, you know, someone like Aleister Black, yeah, you could take it or leave it, you know, with signing him. But this is a top talent that you can't – pass up on and I think he is um, his value is is as high I think it's it's up there not quite as high but it's up because just because of the way he's been handled creatively but um, but I think his value is just a notch below the value of someone like Daniel Bryan someone like CM Punk Oh, we're get, we're going look at hey, the transition. Hey, they don't call me the kid for nothing. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. All right, so let's talk about it. these um, these rumors are floating around that both CM Punk and Daniel Bryan have signed with AEW. Um, if these rumors are true, both of these guys are a huge kid for AEW. Like, what else is there to say? Like, the only thing is. I'm kind of surprised about the Daniel Bryan thing if it's true. Yeah, very. Because I would have I would swore or bet anything that he would have been a WWE, you know, lifer after coming back, and they would have just given him the dates and the, whatever contract he wanted. And well, the thing about him is they he he was adamant about working with other promotions. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted that flexibility to go to Japan. Yeah, that's where that rumor came where um, Nick Khan was talking to New Japan about, you know, working together. Like, that all came from the whole Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Bryan saying he wanted to work outside the company. And apparently once those talks broke down, he jet to uh, AEW. No doubt they'll give him, you know, the freedom to do what, what he wants outside the company, just like they do with their other wrestlers. Yeah. I think isn't John Moxley still like the uh, New Japan? He's the IWGP United States champion. There you go, United States. Champion. I was gonna yeah. say North American, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. So, if working, you know, matches outside of America was a big feather in Dan Bryan cap, he got it. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need the money, so it's mm-hmm. like. He, he. Well, actually, no. The actually, the rumor is that he's getting comparable money, comparable money from what he was making with WWE, but for less dates. Which, hey, again, if you can, like you said, what, what do you always say about that? That's the American dream, baby. Get paid a lot of money for a little bit of work. <laughs> there you go. Then, yeah, good on him. And uh, it. You know, it creates fresh matchups. And, you know, I feel like whether you're all in with AEW or uh, all in with WWE, or, yeah, 
you know, whoever, or if you like to kind of, if you have that kind of time to watch all of them, which I might have to start making the time if all these guys start going over there. It's, you know, for me, it's, it's about the fresh, fresh matchups. It's like seeing, I mean, I don't have a dream match. I've never like as big of a wrestling fan as I am. I've never had a, like a dream match scenario. I've never gotten to that point in my fandom where like, Oh man, wouldn't it be great if this guy fought that? No, I've never done that, but I've always been interested in fresh matchups and seeing Daniel Bryan versus John Cena, you know, or, um, you know, uh, CM Punk versus uh, who else? Whoever, I don't know, Dean Ambrose or whatever, whatever, or, or Seth Rollins, something like that, you know. And now you, we're seeing that more and more because all these guys are going over to AEW and they're going to other places. And so, yeah, let's, let's see Daniel Bryan go up against um, uh, Kenny Omega. Let's see that matchup. Let's see Brian face um, Andrade, who he never, I don't think he ever wrestled. I don't think they crossed paths during that time. That would be Like, that's a fresh matchup that should have happened in WWE, but it didn't, you know. And now they have the chance to do that here. That was the question I was going to ask you next. So are these these rumored signings make you watch the uh, AEW? Um, kind of because there isn't a set date for their return. So it's like, you kind of have to keep up just so way, just to, um, just to enjoy the, or take in the surprise of when they appear. I like think it's, their next big pay-per-view is in Chicago. What's it called? The first dance, something like that. And that's the thing they've, they're kind of, um, the thing with CM Punk is that they are, uh, they're really, really trying to keep you on your toes and really taking a big risk with, with his debut because next month, I think, they have four, four shows in the Chicago area. Jeez. In a month. There's the pay-per-view. There is, a, I think, an episode of Dynamite. They're, you know, their big show on Wednesdays. And they're also debuting uh, their new second show on Friday nights. I think it's called Rampage or something. Yeah. That's going to be in Chicago. So... Wait, their second show is on Friday? Yeah, after SmackDown. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, or maybe like in the second hour. It starts in the second hour of SmackDown. I, I, I don't remember the, the particulars, but. And then there's like another, there's a, maybe there's two episodes of Dynamite that month or something like that. So you've got the new show. You've got an episode of your, of your, your current, sh- you know, your current top show. And you have a pay-per-view coming up all in Chicago with the hopes of, with the, the, with the obvious tease that any one of those shows could be the one that, that CM Punk debuts. Do you want, do you take the risk of teasing it so people will buy the pay-per-view 
whatever that is on a Sunday night or whatever, or Saturday night, do you want to tease a huge, massive ratings pop for your, your, your flagship show, as they call it, your Wednesday night show, Dynamite, you know, the show that, you know, that's currently going on that, that got you to where you're at? Or do you take the risk of getting the massive debuting ratings spike for your new secondary show? Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds exhausting for me <laughs> as a wrestling fan. Like, do I really want to keep up and watch all of those shows just to see, is this like, is tonight the night? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I probably would just get, have them out there come out for the, um, the pay-per-view, just like just pop an appearance and then, you know, ha- flesh out more time with them on the next episode of Dynamite. But sure, I don't look. I am not a TV producer, and I don't pretend to be one. So, uh, smarter people than me <laughs> will figure out what to do with them. Um, all I can say is I knew CM Punk was never coming back to WWE because, as I say all the time, they they fired him on his wedding day. All right, I knew. <laughs> that, like I was shocked when he came back to work. Um, what was that show on Fox? The uh... The backstage thing? Yes. Yeah, I was shocked when that happened. But yeah, I knew for a fact he he was never going to step in another WWE ring. You fired me on my wedding day and you're lucky I don't burn the place down. (laughs) Right. So, um, like, who are you more excited to see in AEW? Is it Punk or... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. So apparently I was listening to the Mass Man uh, podcast earlier this week Mm -hmm. and there was a rumored third man. <laughs> a rumored third man that's supposed to be signed, that may be signing with AEW. Yeah. Any guess on who this third man is? Um, God, I mean, it's a huge it would be name. so out of place. What's that? I say it's a huge name. It would be so out of place if, if it were Braun Strowman. Uh, nope. But it's not. Okay, no. well, that's good. So the name that they um, discussed was the one, the only Brock Lesnar. <laughs> wow. And if these AEW marks mark out for Brock Lesnar after bitching about all the part-time wrestlers that, you know, take up time on WWE, I'm going to rip my beard out, you know? <laughs> And folks, that's it's a thick beard. It's, yeah, I'm, looks painful if yeah, that were to happen. I'm gonna lose my damn mind. You guys hate part timers until it your show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think that's that's the one that has the least amount of chance of happening. If anything, Brock Lesnar would use AEW as an as a bargaining chip to get more money from WWE, like he used the UFC back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm I'm. I just wanted to discuss a little bit because it did come up on the mass man show. They were talking about being a possibility and oh, I just don't see it. I think Vince would move hell and high water and make sure that didn't happen. Yeah. And I don't, uh, I think Brock is at this point in his career and his life. I mean, he's in his forties now. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I would like to guess that he is not, um, he's not in the point of his life where he, he wants to deal with 
brand new negotiators. Like he knows he can get a solid, and I'm saying that lightly, a solid paycheck from Vince. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he knows his value with Vince, and he knows he can get basically whatever he wants. That might not be the case with with you know AEW, the way they negotiate. That that just might not be how they do business, and um. For a guy who's as irritable as he is, I don't know if he's looking to um, create a new relationship. It's like it's like when you get older, like you're not looking to add new friends. You're rarely looking to add like new people into your life. I think that's the same. I think it's the same thing that Brock is. As I think you it's get the way older, you hate it. everybody. So <laughs> try to trim a few. Yeah, try to trim a few as you go along as well. Uh, tell me about it. My Facebook now looks vastly different than my Facebook 10 years ago. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, and I don't, and look, you know, the creative side of this company is, is run by wrestlers basically, or it's supposed to be. I think their input would, is, is, is really taken into consideration. And I don't think he would be a fit because he would obviously come in demanding to be the top guy. And, you know, it's different if your creative side is run by non-active people on the roster who, you know, who have to perform as well. And so it's different. Like, the creative for WWE is the writers and retired wrestlers and they tell you this is how it's going to be and the active wrestlers have to say okay either say okay or no i'm good yeah but i think for brock that relationship is more about him and vince Mm -hmm. like i think what happened with brock it's mainly between him and Vince man it's not him and the writers i just don't there's no one in aew that he has that kind of connection with Right. And, and that's what I mean. Like, I don't think that the, I think the business side will take input from the creative, from the wrestlers. Hey, do, we, do you want this guy on the roster? Do you want him coming in? And it's like, no, because we know what's going to happen. We know the demands, what, you know, he's going to come in and automatically become a top guy. Mm-hmm. Well, he deserves to be the top guy. I mean, honestly. Oh no! Well, it's, a top can't guy, argue with that. Say. Yeah, he's been all over the world, and you know he's been champion in New Japan, WWE, everything like that as well. And he's legitimate. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a he's a legit. Yeah, he's been UFC that, champion. Right. Yeah, so that's why I'm like Brock Lesnar, maybe a ten percent chance, but it, uh, it's very unlikely. Yeah. I see the CM Punk and the Daniel Bryan stuff happening mm-hmm. soon. And like I got no problem with it. I I don't know if that's gonna make me watch AEW. Because my problem with AEW isn't like oh, okay. What's the word to put? I don't know what to put this. Two problems with I have at AEW is are uh, the fans 
<laughs> and not like the just the fans like watching wrestling. I'm talking about the the stand culture, the ones mm-hmm. who believe that AEW can do no wrong and WWE sucks for everything. And right. then I just don't like some of the wrestlers they have. Like uh, what a name, the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Like I can't say. I think they're annoying. They're childish. Uh, they love to pick on WWE, but as soon as you know someone comes back on them, then it's like, oh my god, how dare you? We got to deactivate our twitters. <laughs> And their style of wrestling, the I've said it before in this podcast, the Young Bucks, their style of wrestling is nothing. It it's just flippy, acrobatic shit that I have no interest in watching. Mm-hmm. So I, and who else are you not a fan of? Um, I'm just not a fan of their entire their entire culture. It's like we we're gonna attack the WWE at all times. Like okay, that's fine. But then when if a the WWE attacks back or their fans attack back, then it's like, oh, whoa, it's me. How dare you do this? It's like, oh, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander, guys. Mm-hmm. You can't bitch about it when it comes back around on you because you want to start it. And, you know, <laughs> I've learned from sports that sometimes you just don't need to be in toxic shit. Mm-hmm. And wrestling is like one of the most toxic like things we have around. It's, it <laughs> right. seems like from top to bottom, it's just terrible in so many ways. So it's like if you can avoid the toxicity of, of a subject, just stay out of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't really watch AEW. I don't care for it. Also, I watch too much wrestling as is. So. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not in the business of watching one company uh I'm not like it's not my goal to watch a wrestling show to prove how much better they are at, at wrestling shows than than another company. Mm-hmm. Like I don't watch WWE because I think that they think they're better than any one brand or, or you know company or whatever. Like you know they they're the big dogs. Obviously they you know. They're the you know, the place to go still. Um, and, you know, they've been there the longest, of course. So, yeah, you know, that familiar, familiarity is there. But it's like back when, back during, you know, late 90s when WCW was around. I wasn't watching WCW or either one. Like I wasn't watching it just to say, oh, well, I'm watching it because they – they do it better than this company or whatever. Mm-hmm. I watched it because I liked the performers. I liked the wrestlers that they had. And this whole like picking sides, like that's high school shit. Like I don't, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's a wrestling show. Not either, either Mr. Grown Man. <laughs> just either be entertained or, you know, don't watch. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I have time to watch AEW, uh, I will. I will. And um, but but I'm not. I don't watch it regularly because I think they're terrible, or you know, because it's WWE or or, or nothing. It's just mm-hmm. just don't have time to keep up with all of it. Also, they suck at two things I'm very interested in when it comes to wrestling, and that's mm-hmm. women's wrestling. And 
watch a people who are not white boys. Wait, say that again. People who are not just white, because they're they're wrestling. All mm-hmm. their champions aren't all their champions just white or spicy white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least with the WWE, right. I can get some some virus. I can get some difference, man. Right. Got, there are two world champions in the WWE. It's a black man and a Samoan man. Mm-hmm. And a black woman. Yeah. And the what the other woman's champion is Scottish, Irish, something like that. It's like Scottish. Uh, yeah, I get. And Apollo is the Intercontinental. Mm-hmm. Stone Mountain, Georgia, by way of Nigeria. Yes, sir. <sighs> Um. So yeah, that's I. You're probably gonna be more interested in watch AEW more. Well, you already do. So uh, you're gonna go. uh, You'll pay attention more. And you know, as time goes on, if you know these rumors come true and both of these guys actually sign with AEW, I'm sure they'll show up in your three minute warning that we give you every wrestling podcast. Yeah, and you know, we'll see how they are handled. Mm -hmm. Um. Every everybody does it, but it's like the new guy that comes in typically gets shot straight to the top. You know, so do we see Daniel Bryan feud for the title right away, or do we see same thing with Punk or you know whatever? Um, I'm never I've never been big on that. Just like everybody bypassing everybody, but you know, if that happens, you know, I'll, I'll keep up with it just a little bit, and then. You know, how long can they keep the momentum going of these two guys signing? You know, that's really the big test is like, what do you do with them going forward? Because the moment that they, they appear, they come out on stage and go through the curtains, that's going to be a huge, historic, monumental moment. Mm-hmm. But where do you go from there? And that's, it, that's, that's how you keep people interested. It's where do you go from there? Yeah, because you hope they use these older guys as a way to build up their younger talent mm-hmm. because they don't, well, then they're just running back the old WCW playbook. Right. I remember how that ended. <laughs> right. So I like, I hope they can use uh, both Daniel Bryan and CM Punk to make their talent better, better for a long term. instead of just being like a quick, well, maybe quick's not the word, but be like a little six to eight month bump. Mm-hmm. Right. We shall see. So, moving off of AEW, WWE is finally back uh, touring. Uh, they've been back on for about, ooh, how long? What was the first Raw? Like two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yeah, or SmackDown. Really SmackDown. First here in Houston. I was about to, yeah, here in Houston. So, um, I got to say, having the crowd back is a welcome change. It has made Raw slightly more watchable <laughs> uh, and God I never want to go back to the Thunderdome era yeah but that's uh, to ensure that that's an issue that's bigger than wrestling <laughs> yeah I'm, oh boy have yeah. you seen these numbers <laughs> these oh boy corona- as you said Ah, these coronavirus numbers are creeping back up to where they were last year. Some of them worse than where they were last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Delta ain't no joke, but 
I, I'm like this. We're talking. Let me just say the coronavirus. It just it really worries me because they have what SummerSlam coming up in a couple months, and that SummerSlam in Vegas is wrapped around like eight other events happening. Mm-hmm. I think isn't there like a UFC or a boxing match, and like I think there's a concert around that time as well. Jeez, like SummerSlam all- is in three weeks. Yeah, and it's on a Saturday because they have so much shit going on in Vegas. Oh, that's right. It is on a Saturday. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just super nervous that the craziness that we've seen because you saw did you see the crowd for um what was it rolling loud? Yeah. And then I don't know if you saw the picture of the crowd for Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. Holy- I know Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. First off, I wouldn't have gone even if there wasn't a virus. I don't like having that many people around me to begin with. <laughs> Secondly, that's just way too many people. We're still like, we're on the back nine of this pandemic, but still, we're it's not over with. Mm-hmm. And, then and I saw I saw a also- picture on Twitter. It was like it was like a crowd of people that were right there by the by the front. And like there's this one black woman who has a mask on and no one around <laughs> ever. I'm like, that that's not helping you at all, sweetheart. Yeah. Might as well just take it off. Yeah. <laughs> You've yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> whatever <Yeah>. it is. <laughs> she has it. Delta's coming home with you. I'm sorry. Uh, well, not just that, not not just there, but even here in Houston. Mm-hmm. The same night. Okay. This was on. Thursday. This just this past Thursday, we had a big show at Wide Oak Music Hall. It was outside, you know. It was it was on the lawn, mm-hmm. so you know that's better. And those kind of those big shows usually probably draw at least a thousand, at least a thousand, maybe a little more. I don't really know exactly, but maybe a thousand, something like that. Just depends on the artist mm-hmm. as well. That same night. There was Mexico versus Canada at NRG Stadium. And that was filled. If you look at the pictures, oh, that was a good, good 60,000 people. And then just across town from NRG at Minute Maid was the Hella Mega Tour uh, with the bands Fall Out Boy, Green Weezer. Day, and Weezer. Yeah. And that's another 50,000. And if you look at the the photos from that show, they sold that bitch out mm-hmm. for those three old bands. <laughs> now old. I mean, they're been around for 25, 30 years now, almost. Like, I mean, something's got to give with a hundred thousand plus people in one night in a impact arenas in, in this city. I mean, you're just playing with fire at this point. Yeah, breaking news. This from yesterday. Florida has reported twenty-one thousand new cases of COVID nineteen, the state's highest one-day total since the start of the pandemic. Wow. We have higher numbers now, a year and some change into this with the vaccine. 
that's why I said on Twitter, I was like, you know what? I feel like this thing is going to mutate at least two more times. And, you know, everyone, I have, you know, everyone has, you have your rational fears, which are based on a little bit of logic. And then you have those irrational fears, which are like based in just <laughs> fiction and craziness. And like my rational fears, this thing's going to just going to keep multiplying. It's going <laughs> to keep getting worse. And the death total is going to go from, or the death percentage is going to go from like, you have a one in a hundred chance of dying from this to like a one in 20 chance. And it's just going to get worse and worse. And then the irrational one, it's like this motherfucker is going to evolve into the Omega variant where if you catch it, you have like a one and two chance of dying. Jeez. That's like, that's the irrational fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what to say anymore. I can't, there's nothing you can say. People, I, I was listening to a podcast, um, the three guys on, they were talking about, talking about the coronavirus and um, they were listening to this report where this guy, he had, COVID-19 damn near died had to get um, had to get the tube down his throat and everything and mm-hmm. then when he's finally left the hospital the reporter asked him so everything that you've gone through right now would you would you like if you could go back in time and take the vaccine so you didn't have to do it would you he's like nope nope I wouldn't take that vaccine at all I'm like oh it's like we're the dumbest country with nuclear capabilities (laughs) and the reasons that you get that people tell you like why they want the vaccine never make any sense you like the conspiracy theories like oh the the government is tracking you and like first they track you anyways well they track you they can track you with your cell phone if I pick up my phone and I talk too loud about a washing machine, the next time I log into Facebook, there'll be ads on the side for cons or Sears or whatever talking about washing machines. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, I don't think you understand. They want you to buy stuff so you keep the economy moving. You can't buy shit if you die. <laughs> right. And then the other one heard her is like it's all Bill Gates, and they're trying to do population control to her. I'm like, how does that help them make money if there's less people to buy the shit that they want to sell? <laughs> how does that make sense, yo? Not a lick of it. Like, if people keep dying, do you know what that means? Eventually, they're gonna have to do work. That's the last thing they want to do. <laughs> I'm just sick and tired. It's just going to, like, it's going to get worse when school starts up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My son, he goes to the YMCA for, like, they have their little summer camp. And last week, they had to cancel a camp because a kid contracted COVID. Jeez. So, but all last week, the camp was canceled. They're bringing it back next week. And I'm like, this is what's going to happen in schools when they go back, to, like he goes back to school at the end of this month, and there's no more mass mandates thanks to Governor Hot Wheels. Mm-hmm. So those kids are going to be up there not wearing a mask, you know, fucking around, and it's it's going to spread. 
Yeah, it's just and a matter people, of time. Yeah, people keep sooner saying, than later. Yeah, they keep saying, "Oh, kids can't get it." It's like the reason kids haven't been really affected by this is because when they first hit, what's the first thing that we did? We sent them all home, mm-hmm. and then the next school year, they had they were spread out. They still had uh, they had virtual learning, so the classroom weren't as full. I think the school. Um, the old school my son went to when last year when they were in during class like the school was only about 50 to 60 percent full because of virtual learning now we're not having virtual learning so everything everything's going to be full jeez oh did you see that uh god it was one governor it was either it's like Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Missouri, one of those states where they're like, the governor is issuing a state of emergency. The governor is also not doing anything for mass mandates. And it's like those two sentences completely contract one another. It'd be like, right. my house is on fire. I am not calling the fire department. This is unbelievable, man. Mm-hmm. It, it just I'm like, dude, I don't want to go back into quote unquote lockdown because Texas never locked down. Yeah. Although I would like the gas prices. But I don't want to go backwards. Why are people so so stupid, man? Uh I don't think we'll ever know. Mm. I'm sorry. That's my. I think I do one coronavirus rant on this podcast, like every four or five episodes. Um, yeah, you need w- to. Yeah, <laughs> just got to get off my chest sometime, man. Uh, like I said, WWE is going back on tour. I hope everything goes well. I'm nervous about what SummerSlam is going to look like, especially in a city that's had problems with coronavirus like Las Vegas. But um, you just got to cross your fingers. And just enjoy while we yeah. can, I guess. Because uh, it's been great having the fans back. Definitely feel mm-hmm. that energy. And it feels, it feels exciting when John Cena makes his surprise return at the end of Money in the Bank. Oh, yeah, that was great. And uh, well, since we got about let's see, it's three thirty-six. I got about twenty more minutes because I need to head off to HEB. Uh, you want to just jump around, do some quick hits? Yeah, sure. So what we'll do is uh, just bring up a topic. We'll talk about it for a little bit, and then we'll just move on to the next one. Um, I, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Um, what are your thoughts on the Money in the Bank winners? Um, both of them, I like the winners for both, uh, both the men's and women, uh, big E won the the men's money, the bank match and, um, Nikki, Nikki cross, Nikki Ash, Nikki A S H. Um, she won the women's, uh, money in the back money in the bank. Um, I don't like the way that Nikki won it. Cause it made the rest of the contestants look stupid. Mm-hmm. Like they were all just finding a ladder and she climbed up on um who was it? Who did she climb up on? Do you remember? 
Was it Tamina or Liv? I think it was Liv. She just climbed up on her back and grabbed the briefcase. Mm-hmm. And it just it just made everyone else in the match look stupid. Yep. Um, apparently, Alexa Bliss only has so much MP for her magic stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, the men's uh, worked, be- worked better for me. And having Nikki cash in on that Monday after Money in the Bank, it was I like it. Like I like uh, Nikki's little um, what she's doing now, her superhero thing, mm-hmm. because like I think we get caught up in thinking that every act is supposed to be for us. There has to be things in here for children, sure, because that's how you grow your audience. Uh, says again, this is what Marvel and Star Wars have done. You give the kids something. You give the adults the big story but you still have something for the kids to enjoy absolutely yeah so for me like the what's happening right now nikki being a pretend superhero it's it's fun from i'm enjoying it right now i actually i completely expect her to win at SummerSlam because i hope kinda, she does too that's kind of like the hero's journey it's like you need to even when you're a champ you need to prove yourself and her mm-hmm. going over both Charlotte and um, Rhea Ripley will definitely uh, make that come to fruition. And they both need a reset. Those two. Yeah. You already know how I feel about Charlotte Flair. Yeah. It, and they've completely bungled uh, Rhea Ripley's um, just her presence on, on television. Yeah. I'm, she... Like apparently the match she had with Charlotte at Money in the Bank was good. I'll never know because I took that I took the opportunity <laughs> to go to the shower because I don't care about either one of them. But um, prior to that, she hadn't really had like that banger match, right. which was weird considering the who she's gone against on the Raw roster. I mean, if you can't put up a, a match against Oscar, uh, then something is wrong. But yeah, going back to your original question, I love both of the winners. Um, I almost teared up when Big E won, and um, it was whatever, awesome. Yeah, whatever happened with him, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. What do you got for me? Um, let's see what else. You got? Oh, Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thoughts. Um. My first thought is, what a letdown. I wanted Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, that's the one we all want. Um, that's the one to make still. And so, as long, look, as long as Bill Goldberg doesn't win any more titles, I'm okay with I'm okay with him appearing. Mm-hmm. If he needs to be the challenger, you know, for some for some title holder to, you know, to get that pop, to get them over. I'm fine with that. But if he's, if he beats Bobby Lashley, like, come on, this is, this is just, um, you can't blame Nick Khan for that. <laughs> like you blame him for a lot of other things, but stupidity like that, you can't put on him. So, you know, that's just my only, whenever these guys make their appearance, you start getting nervous, like, oh boy, here we go. 
are they are they really going to do it again? You know, mm-hmm. so we'll see. But as long as he doesn't go over, then I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with him appearing. I agree, uh, and I'm okay with him fighting for the title. You know, yeah, as long as he doesn't win the title, we're good. Yeah. Not gonna lie, like if we have a situation like what happened at what was it WrestleMania 31, I think it was, or several remember when Seth Rollins came down and made a triple threat. If we had a situation where that where it's Bobby versus Goldberg in the middle match, Big E comes down and cashes in mm-hmm. and wins. That's amazing. It. Yeah. Yeah. You protect Bobby and Goldberg. Well, no, you protect at least Bobby. Yeah, because I think you just have Goldberg eat the pen. And then, man, having Bobby Lashley versus Big E, you talk about big men bumping meat. Mm -hmm. That's great. And Uh, they could do that because there's a rumor that when they do the draft again, mm -hmm. Big E's going to go over to Raw Mm -hmm. and not necessarily get back with the new day, but they're all kind of. Like they're together, but they're not at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and that happens. And Big E's the champion. I would love to see a triple threat match with them for the championship. Mm-hmm. And just like they could all be cool afterwards, still. But just like we want, like having the three of them main event a pay per view would be amazing to me. Yeah. And I, um, Xavier Woods has come has come so far. Mm-hmm. Like you watch those matches that he had uh, with Bobby Lashley, and then every singles match that he had before when um, Kofi was hurt, he's really come a long way in a short time in the ring. So that's what you consider, right? I think you're going where I'm yep. going. Come back from that Achilles tear, an Achilles tear. Like Ooh. that is no easy feat. Uh-uh. What you got for me? I got what uh-huh. I want to talk about. How long do you think they wait until they pull the trigger with Biggie and his and his contract, his money in the bank contract? Excuse me. I've kind of booked ourselves in a corner because I I kind of want to see that SummerSlam that we just <laughs> we just made. Um, honestly, I don't know. I wouldn't because they have a year. I mean, they basically have a year. I mean, I, as long as Big E is the one who gets to cash it in and it doesn't turn into an Otis Miz situation, I'll be happy. <laughs> right. Oh, cash it in and win. They should add that in there. Um, he can... While I would like the SummerSlam dream to come true, what's most likely is going to happen, they're going to hold on to it till after the drafts and probably do it sometime in, at the end of the year. Cool, cool. All right, so my quick one. Are you enjoying Down Bad Baron Corbin as much as I am? <laughs> it's not bad. I must say, it's not bad. The, the the bit they did two weeks ago where he got hit by the the missile from the tank mm-hmm. was great because football to the groin is always <laughs> – it's never not funny. It's always a thumbs up in your house. It works on so many levels. But 
they really, and I laughed, but man, they had me howling when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode swoop, swoop in, swooped in to steal his money to rob the man while he was down. <laughs> Did not see that coming. And man, that was almost the best part of that whole episode of SmackDown last week. I love the part where he was in the ring with Kevin Owens and he was like banging and like part was like, you know, Kevin, you know, you don't dress well. So of course you got money somewhere. Right. <laughs> and then he gave him a stutter and the, uh, the whole, um, Corbin, Corbin um, fund me. yeah, go fund me thing. And then like, the, the, I think it was the next day, um, What's his name? Dude. Xavier Woods tweeted out, now you know WWE won't let you keep all that money, right? Because there's <laughs> yeah. And They'll take their cuts. Yeah, they will shit. Their cuts 100 <laughs> percent So down bad Baron Corbin has been like maybe right now is probably my third favorite thing going on SmackDown right now. Between <laughs> behind Roman Reigns and Bianca Belair. And when you're like, the only things that are in front of you are the champions, you're doing amazing work. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So uh, let's get out of here on the final thing. John Cena is back in WWE. We got the summer of Cena right now um, in between filming his many movies and television shows. Yeah. Um, it's always good to see him back. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because let's say he does win the title, and this is this might sound caught. I mean, this is kind of uh, might be hypocritical based on how I feel about Goldberg. But mm-hmm. the thing about Cena is, if he wins, he can at least that means he's made a commitment to a run. Might not be the longest run, but you know, there's clearly commitment to multiple dates putting the title on the line you know being in in, in matches that are going to be televised um goldberg if he wins the title he's just it's not so much it's not what you're going to see and also the difference is goldberg has always felt like a hired gun he's always felt like a mercenary racine has been in this company for 20 some years Mm -hmm. like it just feels like he took he went on vacation now he's back Right, and right. you know you're gonna I, you're gonna savor the time you have with Cena more than you would any time you have a Goldberg. Absolutely, and also because Goldberg is very much a nostalgia act, mm-hmm. and yes. Cena is not yet a nostalgia act. Even though he's not full time anymore, he's still there's still some uh, there's still some juice there that that you can squeeze out. John Cena is it's 44. Mm-hmm. 44 isn't old in human terms, but it feels ancient in wrestling terms. Yeah. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe I need to change my mindset because we have more guys wrestling in their 40s now than wrestling in their 40s at a high level, I should say, than any time. Uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, AJ Styles, Cena can still go. So maybe uh, that's on me. Hmm? Brock. Yeah. Orton. Mm-hmm. Ziggler. Yeah. 
Ziggler's forty. Yeah, he just turned forty last week. Ooh, these guys are sneaky old. Cesaro, the Miz, the Miz is forty. I say forty is sneaky old while being only five years away from it. <laughs> Don't mind me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I always again. I always think that you're like five years younger than me, and you're only no. like what two? A year. A year you're thirty four, right? Not yet. I'll be thirty four. Yeah, you'll be thirty four. Yeah, I'm thirty four. Yeah, okay. I always think you're so much younger than me. I don't know why. I'm, yeah. Um, it's my youthful. It's my youthful chuckle. That's why we call you the kid. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have John back. Um, man, you talk about SummerSlam and you talk about John winning the time the title. I can see it going either way. Yeah. Like if John wins, then I think that breaks the record that he has with Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. That gives him seventeen. And if Roman wins, I mean. It's Roman Reigns. It's this tribal chief head of the table gimmick has been it's been excellent ever since he came back last year at SummerSlam. He's been he's been on fire. There's, I can't. There, I don't have. There are not enough compliments in the world for what he's done since he's mm-hmm. come back. He's been amazing. And if Roman wins, do you keep Big Biggie on on SmackDown? as the next challenger because at this point if, if Roman wins who is left who could legitimately pose a threat to Roman Reigns if he goes into SummerSlam defeats the, the great John Cena and walks out still champion uh, I think there's only one man left and they're holding that card for next year's Wrestlemania but, but they don't need, he doesn't need that he doesn't need the title that's a match you could do without the title. Yes. And that's a match you could headline without the title. For people wondering, I'm talking about Roman Reigns versus The Rock. <laughs> Dwayne. Yeah. So that's definitely like, as long as everything clears up with coronavirus, that's definitely, that's going to headline next year's WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Only thing that's going to stop it is, you know, uh, Dwayne Johnson's um, filming schedule. Cause that boy does not take a break when it comes to making these movies. No days off, man. He is might as well trademark that. Yeah, I think he's currently doing finally doing um Black Adam. Yep. Yeah. Man. I honestly the only way I could see Roman losing the title now is if it's like a triple threat and someone else gets pinned. Right. Well, okay. So I just thought of, but there's a second way I could see it happen, but it would involve Xavier and Kofi going to SmackDown. Therefore, when Roman goes one-on-one with Biggie and, you know, the Usos interfere, Mm -hmm. the rest of New Day could could stop them and keep it a one-on-one match. New Day versus the Bloodline. We've had that before, haven't we? Yes. Uh, no, I mean, we never. Those... I know we've had those great matches with the Usos and New Day. We never had the right. Bloodline versus the New Day. Man, I feel like we haven't. Man. Roman's either fighting for the title or he's not fighting at all. 
But yeah, that's the only way I can see if it's a triple threat match and the third guy gets pinned by the second guy. That's it. I don't see Roman losing any one-on-one matches, and I don't know why mm-hmm. he would. But this SummerSlam, right now, there's only two matches on the card: Nikki Ash versus Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship, and Roman Reigns versus Cena for the Universal Championship. So mm-hmm. we're gonna talk more about it as the card grows and fills out. But yeah, um, it's great to just have live crowd-filled wrestling back in our lives, and it's great to see John Cena. Heck yeah. Yeah. And I'm not the only person that feels the way because I don't hear any booze. <laughs> no. no. Not over here. No. All right, man. Anything else you you got on your mind? That's all I've got. All right. Well, like always, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. We appreciate every one of you who um you know turn on your iPhones or Androids and listen to our nasally voices, especially mine. Anthony, as always a pleasure. Yes, sir, always. And we'll be back later on with something new. So for Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later, babies.